Hello, and welcome to I Don't Know the Podcast, episode 48, Can Jerry Sargent Heal You? Jerry Sargent was just an ordinary career criminal until a car crash in Romania when he saw the soul of a woman killed in the car crash enter his body and give him healing powers. Now he claims he can pull migraines from his wife's head. He can heal broken bones using crystals. He also says he's been to Alpha Centauri and attended ancient mystery schools. But the best thing about Jerry's healing ability is that you don't have to slog your way over to his place. He can do it all on Skype. Could this all be true? Can he cure your ailments online? Or is he a dangerous fraud exploiting and extorting people who are genuinely in need of medical treatment? I don't know. Well, actually, I do have a good idea about that. But anyway, listen this week to find out if Jerry Sargent can heal you. Jerry Sargent is a man from Cheltenham, England. A drug addict from an early age, he became a career criminal. But he broke free of that life after some life-altering events. The first of which was a fatal taxi crash in Bucharest, Romania. According to Jerry, his taxi hit two women. At least one of them died and he witnessed her soul or spirit hovering over a dead body. And it was this, he claims, kick-started his abilities. After realizing he had new powers, he formed Star Magic Healing and referred to himself as the Facilitator. On their website, it says Star Magic Healing has the power to transform your health, relationships and finances using Star Magic codes all over Skype. Now this isn't free. Consultations range from a 15-minute session for £90 to a healing journey package for £2,000. Well, I guess the bit about transforming your finances is true, at least. One day I was sat there and my feet turned to balls of fire and Jesus appeared before me. I looked out the window and I saw this massive spaceship. What I would do is I would I would tap into the trigger point of that tumor. I'd never heard of Alpha Centauri, but I just started to know this information. It's hard to get good biographical info about Jerry Sargent. Of course, Star Magic Healing has a pretty fluffy introduction about him, but apart from that, there's not much independent information out there. So, while there is mention of his criminal past, there are no specifics about it. Appearance-wise, he does look like a London gangster who spent a few years laying low in Goa. 
but he does have a supporter. One who is no stranger to prison visits. Our old friend and believer of everything, Miles Johnson of The Bases Project. Miles did a couple of very long interviews with Jerry. And Jerry starts by introducing himself. Uh, my name's Jerry Sargent. I have a business which is more like a mission, um, which is called Star Magic Healing. We fly all over the world from Australia to North America, from China to South America and everywhere in between, training people to heal with uh, a frequency that we call Star Magic. It's an extraterrestrial light frequency. We use it to create rapid physical uh, immediate change in people's lives. An extraterrestrial light frequency? He's gone straight in with the woo science there. Healing diseases, uh, working on business performance, whatever it is. So, you know, our, our mission is to, is to train as many people as possible. We're in the process at the moment of buying land and building healing centers. And we want to train people to run these healing centers when they're, when they're up and running. And the plan is to build 13 of them spread around the Christ consciousness grid of the planet. The Christ consciousness grid of the planet. I really have no idea what that is. So we can harness these frequencies on a grand scale and bring them safely to planet Earth and elevate consciousness on, on this green and blue ball that we call home. He could have just said planet Earth again. Jerry's about to go on, but Miles interrupts. Uh, one of my very closest friends is Anna Hess. And she actually has a very similar mission, but she hasn't really got it going. Centres for Peaceful Coexistence all around the earth. Very, very similar. And she recalled coming here um, as an original ET at the, before anything else was here. So what you've just described is very similar to what her ideas are. But as I say, you're doing it and she wasn't able to. Maybe she's just lazy. Or maybe original ETs just expect everyone else to do the work. It's interesting. Um, I mean, everything's tried to stop me doing it. Um, I've had a, a few attempts on my life and um, a few interesting things have happened to, to try and derail me and, and stop this mission unfolding. Attempts on his life? That sounds important. Will he elaborate on that? No, of course he won't. That's the last mention of it. I'm, I'm a little bit different from her in some way. I mean, I didn't realize, you know, my original kind of um, galactic history as a kid, you know, I was very different. My mum and dad took me to church a few times. I used to, th I thought it was a load of, you know, rubbish. That's really not being that different. Um, I wasn't into anything spiritual, God, the universe, anything esoteric. I thought it was all mumbo jumbo. Um, I used to be a criminal. I used to smuggle drugs for a living. I used to be involved in lots of high profile bank fraud. Now, uh, I'm interested in that. Does that mean that you would have been dealing with the intelligence services, MI6 and people like that? No. And why would it, Miles? He always wants to increase the conspiracy, as if the people he interviews aren't fucked up enough. He always wants to inject another layer into their already delusional brains. So Jerry explains to Miles how he got into drug dealing and organised crime, eventually ending up in Tenerife. And I ended up working for a guy called John Palmer, and John Palmer was the guy that did the gold bullion robbery at Brink, uh, um, Heathrow Airport, the Brinks Matt robbery in 1983, where they stole 28 million pounds worth of gold bullion. I remember that. They came away with the equivalent of a hundred million pounds in today's money. It was described as the crime of the century. 
And I guess it would have been had they all not got caught. So uh, in, in my late teens, I ended up working for his organization. And that's kind of how I ended up in, in, in this kind of like on this pathway of, of criminality. Um, it started off with timeshare, then got into drugs and then various other things. So that was my kind of introduction uh, to life. I didn't know that timeshares were a gateway into drug dealing. I would have thought it'd be the other way around. So that, that, that was kind of like my my younger days. And I was, I, I, I mean, I left that space when I was about 24, 25 years old, moved back to England, but continued um, with, with my kind of criminal ways, a lot of bank fraud, um, stealing money from banks in a very clever way. Clever crime always beats stupid crime. And we were really, really good at it. And I mean, I never had any intention of, of changing my life path. I mean, being a criminal was easy, earned lots of money. At the time, I was a, a very ego driven person i just wanted money fast cars houses designer watches all of that sort of stuff uh and but the universe had a different path for me hmm judging by his appearance i'd say the ego emotives haven't really changed that much and in 2006 i was with my ex-wife and children in romania and we were traveling back to bucharest airport i was asleep in the passenger seat of a taxi I would have thought with his street smarts, he'd know better than to fall asleep in a Bucharest taxi. And the taxi ran three ladies over. The first one came through the window, smashed me in the face, got flipped over the car and died. Second one had her ankles cut off and the third one was physically okay. I didn't know any of this happened because I was asleep. I just woke up and heard the loud crash. Now I'm a pretty heavy sleeper, but I'd probably wake up after getting a headbutt from a dead Romanian lady. There was wind, there was glass, all of this sort of stuff. When the taxi stopped, I've got out, looked up the road, I've seen the two ladies and then saw what looked like a dead body further up the road. And I was fixated on it. I've walked towards it, got closer and closer. And I don't know about you, but my first concern would have been the welfare of my wife and kid. There was this energy just hovering over her body, and I'd never seen anything like it. I now know it was her soul, but at the time, I'm shaking my head, like, get out of my head, get out of my head. But it just wouldn't go. Nope. Still nothing about the wife and kid. And I got closer and closer, and this energy just kind of fizzled and disappeared into the ether. I looked down at the lady's body. Her legs were wrapped up over her head, and it looked like someone had taken an old car to the scrap heap. And I, I saw exactly what happened, you know, after death, that there's this transition. I think I know why she's his ex-wife now. A few months later, my ex-missus had a headache, and I just remember thinking, I can take this out of your head. She probably didn't have a headache. She probably just didn't want to have sex with a partner who ignored her safety at a fatal car crash. And I don't know why I thought that, but I did. And I've walked over, I've looked inside her head, and I could see the headache. It was a green energy. So I grabbed it and pulled it out. Easy as that, huh? And I thought, and, and she got off the, got up off the bed like she didn't have a headache. And I thought, you know, that's a little bit weird, but I just kind of carried on doing what I was doing. He didn't mention what he was doing. And then we moved to New Zealand a little bit after that. A friend of mine had a really serious car accident. And her partner phoned up and asked if I could help. And I was like, well, how am I going to help? Exactly. He was useless at the last car crash. But my intuition said, go and lie on the bed. And I laid down on the bed, got some crystals, put them on my chakras. And all of a sudden, I was in a hospital room. And all of this light started pouring out of my hands. And I just knew what to do. I started putting her body back together. I'm amazed he could do that, since his only other experience in the medical profession is as a drug dealer. Which I 
guess is a kind of pharmacist. And I did this every day for a couple of weeks. The doctors had said, you're probably never going to walk again. You'll be in hospital for at least a year. And she ended up walking out of hospital with the use of a Zimmer frame in 12 weeks. And I thought to myself, nah, that's just my wild imagination. There's nothing I could have possibly done, you know? Exactly what I think too. But he does take credit for his friend's recovery, despite her receiving real 24-hour medical attention from a string of professionals and specialists for 12 whole weeks. Jerry said it was him and his crystals that cured her. After this, Jerry started meditating in a copper pyramid because, well, of course he did. I had some amazing experiences. One day I was sat there and my feet turned to balls of fire and Jesus appeared before me. And he said, you can walk wherever you want to go. Don't be frightened. Thanks, Jesus. And he turned and he walked up some steps. So I followed him up the steps in the garden through a door and we were in the Last Supper and he's there giving his Last Supper sermon. I was Matthew. I've looked out the window and I saw this massive spaceship. Oh, this is getting good. And they were showing me that space, like aliens, extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call them, have been around for a long time. So I stayed for a little while, got up, walked back down the garden, uh, back down the steps, back into the garden, into my meditation. We don't know if he's on or off the drugs at this point, but I have my suspicions. And then two weeks later, I'm meditating again, and a space pod, the only way I can describe it, lands in the garden, and there was a blue being inside of it. A smurf? And I went and got inside this spacecraft. I brought my light out of my body, which is something that I'd learned to do um, before this happened. Went and got in the spacecraft and we flew through a tunnel. And it was a tunnel of light for about four or five seconds. They're either going really, really fast or it's a really, really short tunnel. Came out the other side and there was beach, there was water. Um, and I've got out of the craft walked up the beach and there's about 200 of these these blue beings and they were Lyran and I'd never heard of Lyra I knew that we we're on Alpha Centauri how did he know he was on Alpha Centauri I'd never heard of Alpha Centauri but I just started to know this information oh so I've walked up the beach and they gave me a hug and it was the most incredible hug that I'd ever had and I felt s such a depth of love that I was just overwhelmed and it felt like being home Except, I'm sure his wife had stopped giving him hugs by now. I mean, first there's a lack of care at the car crash. Then he's dicking around with crystals in the bed. Then he's doing God knows what in the neighbor's pyramid. I doubt the hugs have been very forthcoming for a while. And, and now I know that some of my galactic history was spent in the Lyran star system because I've been visited by these, these beings, you know, I get visited regularly by them. And they've helped me with the business. They tell me what to do and I just do it. So not only do the Lyran give great hugs, they also have incredible business acumen. After the Blue Cuddle Fest, they take Jerry to meet their leader. And I went into this building, which was made of lights. And when I went inside, they asked me to kneel down on the floor. And all of this orange light started pouring into my crown chakra. Is that a euphemism? And it was full of geometrical codes. But it wasn't the kind of geometry that you see in textbooks here. And it lasted for a little while. Then it just stopped. They picked me up. They frog marched me back to the space pod, flew me back through the tunnel, back into the garden. And nothing else happened in my life for about two years. And I'm just w waiting for something to happen. Typical Lyrans. 
Once they've stuck their geometry up your chakra, you never hear from them again. And then one day I woke up and I thought, we've got to move back to England. And I said to my missus, to the kids, we've got to go back to England. They're like, Dad, you're crazy. There's no way we're going back to England. Jesus, it's not that bad here. But despite his long-suffering family's objections, they did move back to England. And Jerry started meditating like a maniac. So I was getting up and I was going into meditation and going into these ancient mystery schools underneath the pyramids in Egypt. That's a long way away to meditate. The Great Pyramids are still in Egypt, much to the British Museum's chagrin. And Thoth was there. And he was showing me these scrolls. And I wasn't the only person there. There were loads of humans, men, women, kids from all different walks of life. But there weren't any extraterrestrials there. They were all humans. And it was like we were in a classroom. I don't recall anyone uncovering any classrooms in the Great Pyramids. I'm not saying they haven't, but I'm sure I would have heard about it. But Jerry talks for a lot longer about these classes and scrolls. He says the scrolls had the same symbols and geometry that was downloaded into his brain when he went to Alpha Centauri. You'd think they'd teach him something new. But apparently, these moving symbols were showing him how to heal people. And he learnt this for nine whole months. So I thought, let me just see if this stuff works. And I was trying it and it was working. And, and I, was, I, I kept trying it and it kept working. So I thought, maybe I can start a business and maybe earn some money from this stuff. And So this must be where you came up with the mystical idea of charging two grand to talk to people on Skype. So from the car accident to starting the business, it took me, you know, many, many years of kind of battling. and. It was three years. And the universe trying to guide me and me resisting to actually coming out and doing it. And I thought people think I'm crazy, blah, blah, blah. But I just, in the end, I didn't have a choice. It just it pushed me and pushed me. And I just came out and did it. Hmm. Then the universe has a lot to answer for, if you ask me. And then the blue beings came to me, the Lyrans, and said, write a book. So I wrote the book. They said, start training people. So I started training people. They said, you're going to be building healing centers. And we, we, we bought our first bit of land in Madeira uh, last year. Madeira? In Portugal? Very nice. Just the sort of place I'd build a healing centre. And he's planning on building more. All of the, all, all of the, 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 the locations uh, are either on ley lines, they're, they're near stargates. They all seem to be in places with beautiful beaches and wonderful cuisines. He goes on about real estate for a very, very long time, mentioning handy access to stargates and ley lines. But he's not just doing this to build up some new age timeshare portfolio for weirdos. He's doing this to change the energy and avert war. A lot of the war that we're talking about between you and I right now is an invisible war that most people are unaware of. Why haven't I heard about this? A lot of the war has been against humanity, against Rome. You know, if you go back to to, to Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Boadicea, a lot of these people, they've always risen... Um, William Wallace to claim back their freedoms as human beings. Not sure you should include that pervert William Wallace in that list. He may be Scotland's biggest ever hero, but he was a paedophile. His wife was about 12 years old when he married her, which leads me to believe that the love scenes in Braveheart maybe shouldn't have been so romantically portrayed. I don't know what that tells us about Mel Gibson, but I guess that's for another discussion you realise that the world is, is, is corrupted and manipulated by darker forces, negative extraterrestrials that feed off of human fear, that, that control 
our thoughts, our emotions that put implants into our physical bodies, implants into our into our energy bodies, our esoteric bodies. He really is covering every base. If we were playing conspiracy theory drinking games, we'd be shit-faced by now. They have a whole network of invisible corruption that is warping us 24-7. And unless you're aware of this, you can't do anything to combat it because you're just in this kind of matrix, in this kind of system, and it just it just changes you without you even knowing about it. I guess I should be more upset about this, but meh. But when you're aware of it, you're able to rise, raise your vibration, use your third eye sight, and start to see the stuff that's actually taking place in the quantum field around you. And then you can start to make moves and certain choices to battle against it or create alternatives. Quantum. He had to say quantum, didn't he? Quantum's the kind of techno babble these twats come out with when they want to blind people with science without wanting to explain what they're saying. So he invokes the rule of quantum and tells us there's an invisible war in our heads with invisible unnamed adversaries, which sounds more and more like the paranoid night sweats of a former, or indeed current, cokehead than anything based in reality. Miles then asked Jerry how this all started, which is basically what they've been talking about for the last half hour, isn't it? Jerry does do a recap, then fast forwards to a couple of years after Star Magic was formed. A year or two after Star Magic started, um, I, I remember I was in Turkey healing someone one day, and I was working on this client, and, and a Baphomet came in behind me, and it started pumping fire in through the back of my body. A Baphomet is a goat-headed deity said to be worshipped by the Knights Templar. I wouldn't want one of those pumping anything into me, especially in Turkey. And I stopped it when the fire got to my elbows, and I pushed the fire back out of my body, turned around and got this being out of my space. Yeah, that's what I would do. Then, later on that evening, I was having dinner with someone in a restaurant, and another uh, negative entity came through the wall of the restaurant and tried to stab me in my kidney. So, I, I, again, I brought my light out of my body and I'm having a battle with this thing in the restaurant whilst I'm eating dinner with this, with, with, with this lady. We've all been on some bad dates, but wow. And I'm, I'm, I've got a bow and arrow and I'm fighting it with it. With, with, um, it sounds a bit crazy, but this is what happened. No, Jerry, not at all. Please carry on. And I'm fighting with this being and again, managed to get out of my space. And then the next day I'm sat there and I'm in the sauna, just minding my own business in the gym. And I've looked through the little glass window of this wooden door and there's two reptilians and this other being, which looks a bit like a dinosaur, it had a, di a dinosaur, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex's head. And they're just looking at me through the window. He's in the sauna, probably caught with his pants down. I hope he brought his bow and arrow with him. And I'm like, what the hell is going on, you know? So I, I've come out of the sauna and I've gone and laid down and I'm kind of sort of like just relaxed and kind of in a kind of a semi-conscious state. Who can relax when they've got a T-Rex stalking them? And I started getting flashbacks of my birth and all this sort of stuff. And I was adopted and fostered as a kid. And if they're listening to this, I'm sure his birth parents are fine with their decision but he seems to have forgotten about the reptilians and dinosaurs and goes deep into his origin story. Two, two doctors came in with these crazy masks on and then there was another a female doctor or a nurse. They came into the room with a huge pair of scissors, 
cut her vagina to ribbons, no medication, pulled me out and then went and stuck me in another room. Jesus. I was at the birth of my daughter and as horrific as it was, wasn't that bad. He goes into some more terrible details of his very early years, which I would never put on a family podcast like this one. It's just too fucking nasty. So, and I started just getting all of this information about that I was actually supposed to come down to this planet to do star magic, to help people raise their levels of consciousness. But other beings tried to stop me doing that. Um, and, and I was born at 3.50 in the afternoon, which is, is the number eight. It isn't really. But why would these doctors in freaky masks want to do this in the first place? Well, what I was told by the Lyran beings is that they did this to, to do something to the base of my skull. And what it did is it triggered my kundalini as a child. I don't like the sound of that. And they used it to create split personalities within me. And, and as a kid, I was very angry and always went off the rails, you know. Still no news of the dinosaurs. And Jerry goes on and on about how awful his childhood was and how it's, it was all to stop him healing people. And whatever it was, we're still trying to get him as he was setting up star magic even when he was trying to visit his nan. Um, I w went to see her, it was Boxing Day, and it was 8pm in the evening as well, and I'm driving my car home, and a taxi came through a crossroads on a really tiny little road, going so fast, you just it was just a ridiculous speed, and my car went into a lamppost, I wasn't wearing a seatbelt, my head went through the windscreen, the car span up the road, and I woke up halfway and managed to jump out the car before it smashed into the wall, and... Um, Maybe that T-Rex was driving the taxi. They're terrible drivers on account of their short arms. When I went back to look at this accident, it's actually impossible for the car to, to have hit my, my car on the side and for me to hit the, um, the lamppost at that angle. And I realised that what they did is they somehow, they changed, um, they changed reality. Now, I'm no expert at crash scene investigation, but I would guess that a change in reality is not a common conclusion. But of course, Jerry isn't here to just talk about his bad luck with taxis or his shitty childhood. He's there to promote star magic healing. So he goes on some more about learning symbols in pyramids and learning from the Lyrons. And then he gets into what star magic healing actually does. So in the back of your neck, you've got what is called God's Math. Okay, it's a portal. A lot of the priests that wear these big collars, they wear it because they think dark entities are going to attack them through the back of the neck. I thought it was a warning for children. And, and actually, this place in the human being is, is a real sacred space. Um, you've got your medulla oblongata, your substantia nigra, which are responsible for molecular change and internal knowing, uh, intuition. And the, the, if, if you kind of attack this space, it's where you can kind of control someone through mind control technology. It should be pointed out that Jerry is not a neurosurgeon. For, for us, what we do is we take the, the codes that, that we're presented with, which are like geometrical mathematical equations. And then what we do is we download them through this portal and we send them up into the pineal gland of the human being. Once it hits the pineal glands, we can then use the pineal gland as like an activator and we can, we can distribute the codes to every cell in the physical body and we can change them from the inside out. Did everybody get that? 
I'd be interested in the opinions of any medical professionals that might be listening. But you might be thinking, okay, Mill, why are you giving Jerry such a hard time? He's just a former criminal trying to turn his life around by doing something only slightly less dubious legally than drug dealing. Well, you're about to find out why. If you came to me and you said, Jerry, listen, I've got, um, I've got a, a lump in my, in my liver, okay? It's some kind of tumour. What I would do is I would, I would tap into the trigger point of that tumour. So if you have a lump or a tumour on anything, and probably especially your liver, do not approach Jerry Sargent. See your doctor. Because your doctor is not going to say something like he's going to tap into your trigger point. Every single body part uh, means something. So the liver is about anger, it's about guilt. So I would find the quantum space where something, where the soul had an experience. As much as my liver probably hates me, as an organ, it's not about anger and hate. It's actually about breaking down fat and complex molecules and producing bile. Maybe Jerry misunderstood the context of bile. And he's using quantum again just to confuse anyone who's listening. That experience would have created some deep, deep trauma in the quantum field, which yeah. is manifesting in the physical reality now. Which can so affect, I, it can cause cancer, like, the, yeah, like cancer. trauma in the centre. Cancer is not caused by past experiences and traumatic events in your life. Unless that past experience is drinking and smoking heavily for most of your life. But the body is just a communication device. And it's just letting us know what's wrong. But we haven't been taught how to read the body. We're taught, well, if something's wrong, go and get an injection, go and take some pills, go and see the doctor, hand your power over, because you're just a silly little human that doesn't know how to heal yourself. Well, he's right. I haven't been trained to read my body. But nor has Jerry. Unless he's talking about his acid trips in his neighbour's pyramid. But you know who has been trained to read my body? My doctor. He trained for seven years in college, then he trained on the job in a hospital for a good few years before he became a GP. And it doesn't stop there. He probably still goes to seminars, conferences, and things like that to learn new practices and methods. According to Jerry, he spent a few months off his tits after a major car crash, and now he can cure cancer. So what we do is we change the reality, the quantum space, the coding in it. We download it in through the back of someone's neck, up into the pineal gland, download it through the biological computer, which is the brain, and it feeds a new information stream, a new set of codes, a new set of geometrical data, which shifts the, 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 the vibrational stream that was entering the human, giving them the cancer in the first place. Once it's gone and you've got a new uh, stream of data coming in, that person isn't linked into the trigger point that created the cancer or the fibromyalgia or the trigeminal neuralgia or the brain tumour or whatever it is. So they, in, they, 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 they heal in the physical world. He makes it sound like changing a graphics card in a computer. But if it was that simple, if it was that effective, if it actually worked, don't you think the medical profession would be snapping him up and studying his methods? But Jerry isn't just content with sticking his quantum dick in your cancer's airspace. He also says he can change your DNA and even improve it. We run two-day workshops around the world and a lot of them, the, the, the main focus is to use these codes to trigger people's DNA. So in our DNA, you say scientists call it junk DNA. There is actually something scientists call junk DNA. 
They prefer to call it non-coding DNA. It's parts of the DNA that contains no genetic information. But it's not junk. It's actually important to providing stability to a cell. So you probably shouldn't fuck around with it. So we're like musical instruments. I'm not. Jerry then bangs on about light and how light is full of data and information. Proving again that we all know what Jerry is full of. You can trigger a huge awakening within someone's consciousness and they can shift very, very quickly. I mean, it can be simple things like stopping smoking, not wanting to eat meat anymore, changing your diet, stopping drinking coffee, alcohol, to being able to see into the spirit world, communicate with ETs, angels, whatever it is. If I gave up coffee, alcohol and smoking, there would be no benefit to the people around me. And that's about it for Jerry's chat with Miles. The rest is telling people how they can get involved with Star Magic Healing and how they can get treatment for as little as £360 an hour. But that's not where we leave Jerry Sargent. Because in 2017, Jerry got into a spot of bother. Remember how Jerry says he can cure cancer? How he can do it over Skype? Well, he put out some ads online telling people he could do just that. One boasted of a therapeutic method developed uniquely by Sargent, proven to be an effective treatment for cancer. Another entitled Energy Healing and Western Medicine talked about finding the root cause to help individuals, which meant they did not need chemotherapy. Now, of course, that is very irresponsible. Some would say downright despicable and dangerous, and they'd be right. But it is also illegal, and Jerry was arrested and charged with four counts under the Cancer Act of 1939. Jerry was found guilty of all four counts. He did not attend his trial, and I couldn't find out what sentence he served afterwards, but he did release this video. This client came to me. I did three distance healing sessions. Her bleeding stopped after the first one. After the third one, she had no more pain. She went back to the doctors, had her scans done again. The fibroids and the tumors had completely disappeared. Okay, so this, this incredible human being, she created a video. And she sent me this video. I put it onto my YouTube channel as a testimonial. And these guys are now saying to me, given the above information, I have provisionally booked 5th of October at 1pm to conduct a formal interview with you at our offices. So it appears he's blaming a client for this? The interview will be in accordance with the provisions of the Police and Criminal Evidence Act 1984 and its code of practice. You will be cautioned. That is, you do not have to say anything blah 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 blah. We know the rest of that one. Given his past, I'm sure he does know the rest of that one. But he shouldn't assume that everyone else does. And there's a whole load of other stuff about legal representation and all that That isn't bullshit. That's actually very important. The thing about this is, these guys are running scared. A country's GDP is me measured by illness and, and other things like war and, and other things like problems, like if there's a massive oil spill. As well as not being a doctor, Jerry is obviously not an economist. GDP is a monetary measure of the market value of 
all the final goods and services produced in a specific period of time. And it's the same with diseases too. You know, if, if we're out there, you know, energy healers, other forms of healers, alternative healing treatments, alternative nutritional treatments, um, there's lots of different ways that, that people are dealing with diseases and illnesses now in this world, okay? Energy healing, light healing, star magic healing is just one of them. And the government's running scared. That hardly sounded like an apology, and it obviously isn't. Star Magic Healing is still going strong. They even have a fucking app. Episode 48. Can Jerry Sargent heal you? The epilogue. So, what have we learnt this week? We learnt that selling timeshares is a gateway into greater criminal activity. Um, it started off with timeshare, then got into drugs and then various other things. We learnt that despite his friend being under 24-7 medical supervision for 12 weeks by a team of dedicated professionals, it is Jerry, who wasn't even in the country at the same time, who takes credit for his friend's recovery. And all of this light started pouring out of my hands, and I just knew what to do. I started putting her body back together. Despite being rumbled and convicted, Jerry makes no apologies and continues to be a dangerous asshole. Energy healing, light healing, star magic healing is just one of them. And the government's running scared. Miles Johnston's Basis Project interviews on YouTube are a rich oasis of crackpots and freaks that are great for episode material. But most of them are harmless fantasists that you could just cross the road from if you see them coming. But Jerry's different. While his story of space travel and secret information starts off the same, it then heads into more dangerous ground. Healing. Telling a desperate and scared terminally ill person that you can heal them over Skype for large sums of money is appalling. Especially if that person is coerced into refusing real beneficial treatment. And he uses just enough real scientific terminology to make people think he's legit. That whole story about the car crash and the pyramid sessions just smell of a bullshit narrative invented to make people believe in his powers. And whilst Johnson shouldn't get off scot-free either, he doesn't question what Jerry says once. He cajoles, he agrees, he eggs him on every step of the way, like he always does. For me, Jerry just swapped one criminal enterprise for another, this one having a bigger legal grey area. And upon his arrest, one officer asked, why are some sessions 15 minutes and some over an hour? Jerry replied, you can't put a time on magic, but it seems you can put a price on it. If you enjoy this podcast, then share it with your friends and let me know. Join the Facebook group and the Instagram, and you can email me at idontknowpod at outlook.com. Special thanks to our logo creator, Raymond Roel of Project Raven Creative. See all his links in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and come back next week to find out what I don't know. Good morning, Mr. Jones. We've been waiting for you. Won't you come on in? 
Sign to you, sleeping.